from orchestraexcerpts.com. This is the Per Service Podcast. This is a show about life in the performing arts. Yes, the title has a strong connotation about money because usually say the gigs pay maybe $100 per service or however much, but there's more important issues than just chasing the highest paying gigs. And playing in orchestras on a per service basis uh-huh, is also inherently temporary. There's no job security. And even if there was, the possibility and likelihood of injury, budget cuts, contract negotiations, lockout strikes, force majeure are never that far away. So how do we deal with this uncertainty? Do the weeks or months when you have a good gig inspire you to pursue more side hustles and hobby projects, take some creative risks, or are you more likely to relax and watch Netflix? This is somewhat of a continuation of our previous conversation about the two directions we are pulled to be content and to be grateful and just take care of yourself on the opposite to do more, to hustle, to grow, to crush it. And today we're focusing a little bit on the latter bit. Why should we do more? And how do you find time to do more? Before we get to our episode, I just want to tell you about Fix Music Publishing, who supports our show and covers the cost of hosting. If you need some beautiful sheet music, quick and affordably, why are you not checking out Fix Music? It kind of sounded like my uh, high school violin teacher who's from Russia. He's, uh, why you no check out Fix Music? Uh, that sounded a little bit more like Dracula. Anyways, the point is, uh, Fix Music has music for every instrument and voice type, and they have a great selection of hot-off-the-presses editions. For example, you can pick up a beautiful Baron Rider edition of the Brahms Piano Quintet in F minor. and so much more. As a podcast listener, you can get 10% off your order by using the promo code PERSERVICE at checkout. That's one word, PERSERVICE. That's F-I-C-K-S music.com. Okay, so if you are new to the show, my co-hosts and I are four string players. I am Michael O'Giblin. I play violin in the Miami City Ballet and with a few other ensembles. Jessica Wiersma is a violinist, and today I can finally tell you about her new job that she's starting this week. Uh, we opened the conversation talking about it, so I'll just hang on for just a minute. Anna Luce is the concertmaster on tour with the musical Hamilton, and Christian Marshall is a violist living in Graz, Austria. Our show notes page is at www.perservice.co slash 43, and there you'll find the links to everything we're talking about. Okay, enjoy the show. Yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've started this thing now in, in the Hamilton band where when we produce content, we're always talking about we got to get more content for Instagram. Yeah. And so our basis, uh, our basis has started every content feature with, hey, fans. <laughs> oh, I've noticed that. <laughs> it's me. Hey, fans, it's me. Aiden more music. <laughs> we just started doing that. Hey, fans, um, per service podcast here. Oh, billions! billions, billions. Actually. So if if we if you caught if you came in midstream of that, uh, Jess, you want to talk oh, about yeah. what's uh, what's, sure. what's coming up for you? Sure, in the you next, know. So, um, uh, guys, I got a job. Yeah, thirty three years old, finally got a job. It's your Jesus year. <laughs> you know, just living the mainstream typical lifestyle over here, <laughs> trying to get a job, and uh, 
I am actually also joining the Hamilton Angelica hey. tour. Yeah. What? On second violin, even though the guy recently called me and was like, I think I sent you the viola music because he did. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Which I had already decided I would just learn how to play viola just for Hamilton. <laughs> and I would just learn because like, I'm not going to give up this job. Um, You're not giving away your shot? Can you give away oh, oh, boy. Ouch. How does that? I'm work? not giving up. I'm not going to. Well, how does it go? Not Shows you how away, whatever. How people, people, that's the one. most reference quote gonna, I'm yeah. going to say. Even I, even I know that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I, yes. Um, but so, yeah, it's really exciting. I'm going to be joining Anna and Greg and, and all fans. of the Hamilton fans. Anna's husband. Yeah. That's right. Okay. I can't wait. The hamstrings. The hamstrings. Yes, um, I'm gonna on. be there in like. Three, I'm gonna start. Three weeks? I'm gonna start an official <gasps> countdown. Oh my god, three weeks! And depending on when this airs, you might already be there. True, I might already be yeah. there. Look it's out a for a very good chance that our next recording session will be coming at you live. Will be from the Hamilton Pit, live from live from, from Boston. Boston. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. So it's exciting. Beyond excited for you. Thank you. I'm beyond excited for it's me. It's exciting. <laughs> I'm gonna be a homeless. Employed person, because I'm I'm Do not guys... gonna keep my apartment, so right. that's funny. Yeah, you guys had mentioned you have like a friend. Yeah, contract, actually, though. it's you, you have like yeah. defined hours of when you. Can oh no no no, that's not it. Just, no, it's so not that. quite like that. But yeah, it's really good. We but... had the friend contract in writing before I decided <laughs> to get her to audition <laughs> for this job. Because now you know yeah. we might have to make yeah. some amendments. I don't know. We've never we've never yeah, lived, we had to lived put in a, the same place before, and now we'll be living in many places at the same time, and working together. Yeah. And she's gonna be my boss, which because it's like it's a lot of hours together. I mean, what are just the total hours of the show it's per week? Like eight, eight, times, uh, 40, eight times eleven. Eight shows a week. No, excuse eight, me, that is you, the incorrect math. What, you, eight times what? three. <laughs> it is eighty-eight hours. Eight, eight Where am I get eleven? You do eight shows, or sometimes don't you do that like educational? Yeah, that's like, usually in the eight show hands? week. Although yeah. last the last two weeks we've had nine nine show weeks, because guys, a show got oh. canceled, which has never happened. The Kennedy Center um, air conditioning broke, and we were oh, we were roaming the streets <laughs> when we should have been in the show, like a bunch of hoodlums. <laughs> Just like, uh, hey, we're gonna do this out on the nope, plaza. But everybody. it was like the Twilight Zone. It no, was so weird to everyone. Just like we just kind of all like converged in this one spot on the street, and we were like, "What do we do now?" <laughs> so wait, did it's, you get it's to the showtime? Not yet. A lot of us and find out. Okay, I feel like they could have told us earlier. Um, a lot of us were on our way, so we all oh, got okay. off at Dupont Circle, and we were like, "All right, let's go get dinner." At a normal people time, what's that like? We also saw the sunset. We were like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> the sun still sets." What? That used to that used to happen to me when I worked on the cruise. Yeah, we were like always playing during the sunset. And you're like, so we're like, you Does never the actually sun saw go it. down and anymore. Like, oh, what? And then you like get up after the sun comes up because yeah, yeah. <laughs> duh. Yeah. <laughs> This whole sun thing is a real mystery. Anyway, super pumped for Jess. Just um, actually, you know, it kind of ties into what we're talking about today in that. Hit it off, Anna. Yeah. Well, you hit it off. Oh, man. I think, well, we were going to, (laughs) if you listen to our last episode, kind of continue with the opposite 
advice we hear or just kind of the pressure I think we hear that in our last episode we were talking about just sort of like maybe sometimes you just need to be content with where you are. Sort of take a sober assessment of where you are and maybe you just need to be, you know, content with what you have and be grateful for what you have because there's a lot of advice about like, you know, your gratitude journal and all this stuff. The other side of it is sometimes we hear it explicitly where people say, you got to start a side hustle. You got to do more. You got to be practicing. You got to be ready. You got to have all your stuff ready to go. Sometimes we just see it secondhand that all these people on Instagram are starting these series or starting their own chamber music project or starting their own conductorless chamber orchestra. There's all sorts of these all sorts of these other projects that people are doing. And so kind of wanted to talk today about, I don't know, some of our, do you have other hobbies that you're pursuing that are maybe, maybe they're just hobbies now. Maybe they make money. This is always the part of my spiel where I never ask a real question. I never really know how to, how to move. Someone help you. Okay. Someone please just start talking. Some please. I can't, I can't get out of this subject. Well, no, it's uh, it's okay, Michael. We're here for you you. guys. It's here for you. Do you feel this like sort of like, Oh, I need to be doing more. I'm like, you can't just sit around and be happy. Like I'm not happy, but I need to be doing Mm -hmm. something else. Absolutely. Can I, can I chime in really quickly? Um, Please. This actually, I just had a, Okay, so I just got this job that I haven't even started yet, right? <laughs> and I was talking, I was telling somebody about, the, like, yesterday or two days ago or something. And they're like, that's so cool. Like, that's great. And I was like, yeah, so, like, I don't, I don't know what's next. I don't know what happens after that. And they're like, what do you mean what's next? Like, you're going to go to Hamilton next. But I was already talking about, like, I don't know what I'm going to do after it. Because yeah. I think we're just. Yeah, we're real ahead of yourself. I know. I know, but like I do think because you know that it is like I don't know how long I'm gonna do the show, right? Right. But I know it's not forever, so it's like a Mm -hmm. finite amount of time, even if I don't know what it is. And I think it's already just like, okay, so like what comes next? Because as a musician, I don't know. I think it's also me having some like insecurity too. But it's like the job could be taken away at any time. So it's always like, okay, so what, what I got to keep things on the horizon to like, which is not true, but I like, that's still like the mindset I'm in right now. And well, I do is, think part yeah. of it is about the, like, what what we were just talking about. Like, do you feel like you have to do other things and get other things? And I do feel that we kind of are taught to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And like, obviously I can relate because now I've done this for eight months, which is hard to believe been eight months we're coming up on our 300th show um which two of our guys have done almost they're five away from like 300 in a row so we're gonna have to like no subbing out no skipping um which like greg at this point because he's been laid off and like i took vacation or whatever so um the thing that's interesting is like you're saying sometimes you get a job that's of this nature a tour or something which is normal in the classical world as well as the musical theater world or whatever and you do kind of have to think ahead just like you would think ahead as you are in your hometown teaching students and gigging and freelancing like all of us have done so regularly for so many years. You're always like, okay, well, this is the gig I have for now. But as we've discussed so many times, you never know when it's going to go away. And first of all, you'd have to do something really bad to get fired from Hamilton. So mm-hmm. hopefully we won't have to make that announcement. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
I will be the first person in the history of any musical theater show to be fired. No. People have been fired for sure, but usually for like really big flaw- flaws and problems and yeah. not being good it's humans. Okay. But um, I'm going to use my Codabo, so it's going to work out fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Codabo. Codabo all the way. Actually, I just bought a new bow, which I'm really excited about, and I've been playing it in the pit, which is maybe scary just in the event something would happen, but like, I want to sound good. This is my job. I'm doing it eight times a week. Have you insured it though? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, and you're fine. This is my dilemma even about playing like my picnic fiddle out at weddings or whatever. It's like, I still want to sound great. Like, why do I really want to use this? I I, I, want to sound great. I don't want to sound. That's hard. Yeah. But also, do you want your violin to melt into a puddle? No. Oh, you do? Oh, I thought you said, I do. (laughs) I do want it to melt. So getting back to this idea of like that we have a limited run with with anything, whether it be like concerts or even you could think broadly about that, you know, maybe we're going to have an injury and it's going to be, you know, career ending injury or something. Mm -hmm. Should you always be pursuing something else on the side or trying to grow or trying to learn learn something else in case it all gets pulled out from under you well I personally think there's nothing wrong with doing those things but for me personally I would like to find a better balance and like pursuing other you know pursuing other interests or whatever but also enjoying what I currently have Mm -hmm. as opposed to being like okay Phew, I got something lined up for right now. Mm-hmm. Let's not live in the moment and let's just keep looking forward. Yeah. And fill my life with anxiety of the unknowns, which I'm like so good at, you guys. She's really good at it. So like, I. I could win an Emmy. I could actually be an EGOT. Like, that's how good I am at this. I'm like the Beyonce. This is beyond, this is like beyond anxiety. the like, maybe I shouldn't read reach into like the garbage disposal with, sure. with my left hand I maybe I should like things like that always cross my mind of like yeah maybe I should use my right hand for this because if um, I lost a Jess finger ex- I could still J- yep. I could still play she's um <laughs> she's an expert at uh worst, worst case, case scenario life. at all times <laughs> no matter the uh no matter the circumstance but you know what is good about that Jess is that when crisis actually comes because you're always expecting it you're actually really great in crisis moments. I am actually really good at crises. <laughs> Cuz she's prepared at all times. She's thought through every worst case scenario. Like everyone else is freaking out and I'm like, here's the plan. <laughs> yeah. Do it's, this. I've got my emergency <laughs> I've thought about it. Right I've been imagining <laughs> I've been imagining this scenario for the last 20 minutes. I'm good. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, anyway, the thing that's the back, you know, we're, I think it might mm-hmm. be a rabbit trail day. Actually, I keep saying rabbit, rabbit trail hole. and it's rabbit hole. Rabbit I was recently corrected. Oh, yes. So you go down the rabbit hole. You go down the rabbit hole. There's right. no trail. A... Is there a trail? It, that's like Hansel and Gretel. Cookie, cookie crumb trail. Mm, the trail. Breadcrumb? Mm. I don't know. Breadcrumb trail? Okay. Anyway, the point is clearly just went down a rabbit hole about a rabbit hole. So doing really well. <laughs> but, um, Michael, I feel like you're a great example of this. I've always admired about you that you're so multifaceted in your ability. Um, yeah, so because, many skills. Like from an early age, the rest of us were just like, practice, 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 going to be a famous musician someday. And Michael was like, yeah, I'm good at the violin. Great. I, you never said that. But like, I always oh, I thought you. you were good at the violin. And also, the, engineering. Uh, that was like, remember? I'm that. confused in life. Yeah, we're an engineer. Dip. Just a dip in the short yeah, end, yeah, in the yeah, shallow sh- end. Short end? Just a quick, quick what? dip. What? No, quick dip. And I was like, yeah, immediately regret this decision. 
<laughs> I'm getting all of the all of the phrases. You're wrong. like me instead of instead of singing songs. You're just like we're just I'm mixing metaphors. Dying right now. I'm just yeah. trying to mix metaphors. But the thing is, Michael, like you've got orchestra excerpts. You're you have mu- all music related jobs, which is smart to streamline. But I feel like in the event you didn't want to perform or God forbid couldn't anymore, you have options, yeah. which is really cool. Well, thank you. I've always admired that. I didn't, I'm not sure exactly. W- why that started or or how it well sort of like just one thing led to another but inherently in in being a freelancer or musician whatever is that there is just a lot of downtime like there is uh i mean it's true that yes you could be you could always be practicing or you could always be filling your time with practicing but i i don't know a lot of where my website work came came from was if I was, I for a while I lived in I lived in Nashville and used to drive over to Memphis to play play with the orchestra. There. Yeah, he did. We were yeah, stand partners oh, yeah. there. Hello, That's right. Michael. Just was, uh, I, I I know I didn't forget. I'm just saying, but uh, but then like the year after you left, um, you you moved to India and I was still playing Memphis. I would like they would put me up with host home and so it's like you would go to rehearsal. It's like I'm not gonna really practice the orchestra music anymore. I already, I already learned or whatever. So it's, you had all this downtime throughout the rest of the day, and I was like, that was I could fill the time with working on website stuff and building these like excerpt pages and finding the little recordings that start and stop there. And it was just a way to sort of fill the this the the time that I had with doing something I didn't exactly know what it was ever gonna lead to. Maybe I still don't, but it was. It was something that, and also I, it was like educational for me. And I was, I was listening to a lot of different excerpts and building these little accompaniment tracks and, and stuff that it was, it was something that I could keep doing and keep growing while I was, you know, I was still practicing for auditions and, and stuff on the side. It was just something that um, I started to do. And also I think that that's a, a one little piece of advice I, I may have for other people is to start looking for downtimes in your day when you could be either be listening to something encouraging or educational. And the other thing was that I think was how I, how I started, uh, why I wanted to start this podcast was I was listening to so many podcasts, like when I was driving, you know, to gigs back and forth from, you know, from Nashville to Memphis or Nashville to Louisville. These were like long drives. And I was spending a lot of time in my car know why i had to say it like that um so that was one thing i i found was just like there is there is a lot of downtime where you could be filling your mind with something you know educational or, or inspiring rather than just listening to you know your favorite Coldplay album again or something john mayer Ugh, I, don't know. I don't know these choices are questionable uh, all the emo guys don't I like don't it. hate Christian, yeah, no, what, you're totally what band right. Would you use? That's that's when I st- obviously that's when I stopped listening. Wait, what'd you say, Jess? <laughs> I was asking Christian what his band of choice would be. Listening to in the car. Ugh. Um, Michael's got a Coldplay and John Mayer. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> it's going real mainstream. I do not know. I have the most random like 
Actually, you know, this is funny. This I always listen to Spotify or quite often in like private mode because I <laughs> will, don't want it. Uh, no, because I'll, Facebook, what you're because yeah, because like because people can follow you on Spotify. Um, I don't have it linked to any like I've I've deleted it from all other accounts. So like only like people who follow me on Spotify can see what I listen to. But I'll jump, you know, from like this is real like Maroon Five to oh Nicole Nordeman. To uh, Sarah Groves, to Wicked Soundtrack, to Middleson Midsummer Night's Dream. You know what I mean? And I'm like, uh, no one needs to know this. No, no yeah, no one needs to know my secrets. Actually, yeah. that's funny. We should we should definitely do like a share your Spotify playlist. I mine is also schizophrenic. I listen to gamba music and like French Baroque. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't? Um, then doesn't? because of our guitar, our guitarist Adam, he's been giving me a rock musical education kind of. So I'm like listening yeah. to Prince and Bjork and some of those important artists and bluegrass. Yeah. <laughs> because I dabbled in banjo this summer. I don't mean to alarm you, but I'm very good. And um, I brag. Super schizophrenic um, Spotify. There's a phenomenal recording of Rameau's um, orchestral works done by Musica Eterna and Teodor Corinsis. And it is like the best interpretations I've ever heard in my entire life. So Spotify, right. Spotify that. Yeah, I also need the link. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So my here's my thoughts since I've been listening the past 20 minutes and I've said nothing. Um, Welcome. Just tuning in. Thank you. Yeah. Christian is also in this podcast today. We have a caller who's calling. (laughs) Right. Sir, could you please turn down your radio? First time caller, long time listener. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And this is what he thinks. Um, My, my whole like uh, kind of mindset behind this now is I realize um. You know, one of the tricks to being a freelancer is being flexible. And, you know, I think we're we're drawn to this lifestyle. I think partly because we're a musician, because uh, we're musicians, because we're curious. We like uh, the change, new experiences. We probably get bored if you think about it. You know, maybe really having to do only one thing all the time. Like there's difficulty mm-hmm. in that. But um, I think the thing that makes us... Uh, or the thing that's dangerous for us, our kryptonite, so to say, is like when we subconsciously, um, you know, attach ourselves to this one gig or this one. Okay, Jess and Anna are texting. I have the feeling. <laughs> Whatever, because both of your, you're looking at phones. I can see it on your lap. And then Anna smiles and like two seconds later, Jessica smirks and shakes her head and then Anna smiles back and they're not looking at the screen. <laughs> so do not. <laughs> I have caught you red-handed. Busted. Yeah. Says I said the, just a poop emoji. <laughs> real sophisticated. I am, I am not okay with this. Okay. So going back to my thought. Yeah. <laughs> you can. Okay, whatever. Yeah, that we, you know, that we we make ourselves nervous. I think we get ourselves into this, you know, Michael has mentioned this many times before, this feast or famine mindset. And we start to think like, oh my gosh, if I lose this, nothing else is going to come. And that's like, nothing makes us more stiff in our mentality, in our creativity, in our kindness, in our musicality, anything like this than thinking, oh my gosh, if I lose this, I'm done. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, super going into an audition. Yeah. If I don't win this, I'm done. Like, how? Uh, there's a lot of freedom in that Jess? thought. Let me tell you. No, said <laughs> no one ever. So much, Jessica. Welcome to the last year of my life. Yeah, that's why I'm such yeah. a well-rounded, healthy individual right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, and I think I think that's one of the interesting things. You know, I think. This idea of doing other things on the side that interest you and, and making money in other ways is very good, but you have to stay flexible. You have to let them come in your life and go out of your life. You know? Yeah, man. If yeah. if you only hold on to everything that comes in, then you have no no room for anything else new and you and you don't know how to let those things go that you don't want. You know, yeah. in any sort of system, you know, that filters things, like everything is in the filter. And then at one point passes through and only the good things should stay. And I think that's the key, you know, learning how to filter these side projects that you're hustling, you know, mm-hmm. try them out, do them. And then if you realize, hey, this is good, it's fine, but it's not as lucrative as something else, I'll let it go. Or, hey, this is good, it's very lucrative, but it's killing me on the inside. Hey, I'll let it go. I think that's something I'm also kind of learning there's a, a big side project that I had uh, for the last eight months, and it had a, it turned sour, so to say. And I realized quickly, it took a week to really think about it and do some journaling and, and writing everything down. And I realized, as great as it is, like it's also okay to let it go. And mm-hmm. the day it was officially let go, like three hours later, the next thing came in, you know, unsolicited. And it was like, and and mm-hmm. I really do believe mm-hmm. there is a natural energy that works like that. Um, yeah, you're a great you're a great example of this, Christian, because I feel like you've intentionally cut yourself off from things that don't mm-hmm. no longer serve you and have trusted the process. Whereas, like the things that I've let go of or you know been let go from, I guess um, it, it's like I I won't really like look mm-hmm. it in the face, mm-hmm. you know. It's like I, I like sneak away from something slowly. <laughs> hope nobody yeah, notices. Getting, go, ghost it. Ghost it. You'll fade out. It's just, uh, the old fade out. Um, you know, and I so I admire that about your process and, you know, hope I can do that in the future. Oh, thank you. I think also about Christian is, is that even when you sometimes you said like you turned down playing with an orchestra and most of us I think would have thought like, oh my gosh, they're never going to call me again. And then they still call you to be principal like the next right, season. Right, right, yeah. And then, and so it's like, even sometimes when you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to cut cut this off and say, no, it's it's, it's never like, oh, you could never. Right, that is true. Or, or things. Oh. Can you talk about, I'm curious what you were talking about, um, sort of what helps you in your decision or just processing is journaling do you do you have a a certain system for that or what does that look like or how does it um i i think i'm still exploring that i mean i can like gladly share like what i did last time so yeah i had these um you know i think most of our listeners know this about me but i so i not only work in music but also a little bit in like uh languages like the creative arts and stuff so some writing and translating and and um I just like took some blank pieces of paper and I wrote down every word that came to mind, like in those areas. Um, and then like when I had done that for a while and then I looked at some of the words and I just started asking myself questions like, what does this mean? Or like, what should I explore in this area? And I just kind of, I tried to ask myself questions. I think that's 
really the great thing is, you know, like a great therapist, they never give you answers. They like ask the right questions and like Mm -hmm. help you think of things like help you. And so I tried to kind of just do that to myself, like ask myself some questions. And then I just wrote down the answers um, as a way to like process them and then just like let my mind sit on them. And I kind of thought of that as like also the filtering process. Like you kind of like see which things stay and which things you easily forget or like your mind doesn't need to think about anymore because you've kind of, you've written them down and in a way you've expelled them. And so you realize, eh, not as important as I thought it was. I don't need this. So I just kind of think like get it all out there and then sift through it and then do like another layer of, of thinking about that, asking yourself some questions, writing down your thoughts and then just, yeah, look at each of those kind of packages, so to say, and then and then make a decision. Yeah, that's what I did did most recently. Um, I mean, I took five days to do it. I went away to a monastery without my computer or phone, and so <laughs> I had a lot of time. Um, but it was awesome. You just throw that at the end, like yeah, just did journaling and happened to be at a monastery for five days, talking to nobody. And- Ain't no thing. <laughs> Standard week in August. Yeah, no, exactly. Just, just going away to a monastery, not talking to anybody for a whole I will say, though, if anyone can ever find the opportunity to do this, do it because it is phenomenal. I feel like it'd be like a, yeah. like a, you'd be, yeah. go through like the most withdrawal. At least for me, I'm sort of ashamed at how much I use my cell phone. I feel like I would, like actually being disconnected from it, I would have some like withdrawal. Pain. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I purposely left it at home. I didn't take anything with me, no electronic device. Um, I took a wind-up alarm clock. Um, no, but I came back after every meal and instantly was like, "Where's my phone?" Like, check my phone, and then I was like, "Oh wait, not here." Uh, so that was funny. Like that really happened. And then I came back, and a week later, two. A week and a half later, I bought um, like a dumb phone, a brick phone. So now on weekends, I turn off my nice. smartphone and put my SIM card into the dumb phone. And I I go smartphone free. Yeah. Nice. So, what about anyway? The whole like side hustle thing is that also a, necess- a necessity? to like you said Michael like find the downtime in your day or whatever where you could do something else like is that necessary to like always mm-hmm. fill your time is it necessary is it healthy yeah. this is this is a valid question i think and because obviously i do a lot of things on the internet i you know i have this website make a podcast it's it's also it's not going to be for everybody also, this last year, I've been working uh, two days a week at a fiddler shop, doing a lot of the same stuff, a lot of video stuff. When I get done with those days, it's like, I do not want to do anything else. I want to Netflix and chill and and whatever, and see my family, too. So it's like, there's there's not a lot. Oh, yeah, I don't, them. <laughs> I still don't. Yeah, all of those people, too, you know. Um. And there also is an argument for, are you starting to spread yourself too thin? Like maybe you should just be practicing for this audition. And, and so that, that's a valid thing too. So something that I, I think somewhere deep in my subconscious, I, I think about or what kind of started me on this path was that kind of little page from the Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the Places You'll Go. And and it, it becomes very relevant 
in your life, I think oh, whenever you, when you graduate from college or you move to a new city and you're, you feel helpless and you're just sort of waiting for stuff to come to you. So in the book, Dr. Seuss writes about the place you don't want to end up, which is called the waiting place. And basically he says it's a place where everybody is just waiting waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow, or waiting around for a yes or no, or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting. Waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting for wind to fly a kite, or waiting around for Friday night, or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake, or a pot to boil, or a better break, or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig with curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. And I think, <laughs> I don't really remember when I when I read that the first time, but I think there there's something to that, that when I feel like I'm just waiting around for no purpose, that's when I start to get, you know, you can really spiral fast of like, why am I doing this? This is pointless. I I should be doing something else. And... And so maybe maybe there's a little bit of me that like I just feel like I need to be busy or I need to be doing something that's that I am moving the needle forward. And I think that's where a lot of this um my own projects, these like websites, stuff came forward is that because I think while while I'm freelancing there is an inherent amount of waiting for gigs to show up and you know and and there's not a lot of control that you have into why somebody gets called and why you don't get called. And, um, you know, I'm tired of, you know, playing this game. I don't want to do this. And like and so you can get really bent out of shape, bent, bent out of shape, thinking about all those, you know, these injustices. Or it's like you could work on something that you can control and that you have some power in and you have some artistic input Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother reason because a lot of times okay yeah fine you have work you're playing an orchestra but you're just violinist number 23 you don't have any artistic control you just have to you know match everybody else and so sometimes having these other outlets where you can right you know really explore and really flourish in these these other sort of interests of yours um that feels like you're moving the needle forward um yeah. And you know, what's interesting too, is that like, we've all been on the freelance hamster wheel and that's one experience, right? Because I remember, um, feeling like, you know, one week you have a gig and then the next week you're waiting around you maybe have nothing. And I've lived months at a time, especially mostly because of illness and not usually because of not being able to play, um, or not being able to get a gig, but, but I've had weeks of no gigs when I've been healthy too. And it's interesting when you're in that hamster wheel of freelancing that you give yourself permission or I did anyway I don't know about you guys when I would get a a gig in a week then the times that I wasn't practicing for the gig or at the gig then I would let my brain shut off for once um and it's interesting Mm -hmm. now that tour is like a perpetual freelance gig you know you know there is going to be an end in sight at some point like yeah I could stay on for years, I guess, but I probably won't because I, you know, 
will want to go back to New York at some point and make connections there and whatever. But it's interesting now I could just like veg for the hours that I don't have show showed like performing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I found that it's imperative even more so now thinking about the future and the fact that at some point I'll probably will be back on the the hamster wheel of freelancing um, to fill my time, like you said, instead of just allowing like before when I would just chill and Netflix and chill or whatever, like you're saying on the weeks that I had gigs in my downtime. Now I try to use my downtime as a way to prepare myself for the future. And so that's, that's the nice thing about the, the long-term freelance gig <laughs> is that you have a schedule and, and the ability to work on other interests, which is, has been really freeing, even though I know it's not going to last forever because this is not a permanent But it's job. interesting because yeah. what I'm hearing is that like you are working on the future in some way, shape or form, but from like, not from, not from a place of anxiety, which that's right, the new right. thing, so this right? Is the like first, that's the different yeah. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the, that makes all the difference. And I know that I'm afforded a very particular luxury in this way at this season of my life, which I haven't been before. And so, you know, part of me, like this is a freelance podcast, feels like a little guilty about having this luxury at the present time. But if I could just reach out and give perspective to myself before from this place, I would say like the the more you can work on removing anxiety from your process and your downtime as a freelance musician, the better it is. Because now I'm I'm like learning the thing that's been the coolest to me about this tour is working with these other grooving rhythm section people, just learning about their expertise. And actually they, they live a very similar life. Like we think in the classical world that we are experiencing something extremely unique and that nobody else gets it. But the fact of the matter is that not mm-hmm. the majority of musicians don't um, start out and say, I want to be in a Broadway pit. <laughs> That's kind of a new desire for many genres and like we see the value in it and there are good people and good orchestrators in this in, in like musical theater music itself may not be everyone's passion but like we see the value in it and we see the ways in which we can make it a very enriching musical experience and I'm like learning lots about like funk and rock and classics that they know and I'm able to share like classical music and baroque music with these people and it's been a really interesting um just like an exchange of musical knowledge. Um, and I think the the more we can like look at our lives and be like, this isn't exactly what my life, what I thought my life would look like right now as freelancers. If we can continue to like, like mm-hmm. you're saying, inspire creativity and not put ourselves even further into the box of like classical music playing, but keep enriching our brains and like bringing in outside things that we can be inspired by, the better we are going to be as people. Like that's been my huge takeaway from this experience. Preach it. Word. I'm just saying. But like I was I was very I mean, you know, we're taught in music school kind of to be like single minded. And and sure, that's definitely necessary mm-hmm. for a time, but like there are other musicians doing other great things and there are other people who are not musicians who are extremely creative doing great things. So, you know, do what speaks to you and don't assume that you need to be pigeonholed in one area. Yeah. Yeah. Just my thoughts on the subject. Yeah. Full stop. You've created a lot of good content, so Anna. Like, uh, this is awesome. Hey, fans. It's me here with the content. So, uh, <laughs> so like, what other kind of things can you be work? Are, are you working on, like, now? Do you do other things on the side? Um, yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, share? 
kind of like you michael a lot of the guys on tour are really into producing and like having recording studios and so like it's been interesting to talk to them about like microphones and they're they're like geek out big time about string microphones so i'm probably about to do some recording projects with some of the guys um we're gonna do some collaborating the idea is to do like some full band collaboration in the next year so jesse have that to look forward to also And this is bringing it back to the classical world a little bit. I'm super pumped because Jess is joining. And also our um, a friend of ours, Roland, is joining on cello. So we're going to definitely do some chamber music. Yeah, That's in the future, which is really great. Because if we only play Hamilton, it's not going to, you know, we want to be good at that. But we need to play some Beethoven on the, <laughs> on the downtime. Side hustle Beethoven. Side hustle Beethoven. And we have three pianists to choose from on tour, which is great because the music team is three pianists. <laughs> wow. That's going to be good. Yeah. And, but um, other than that, I have some other goals that are non-musical too, like striking up French and because I have let that go and I've been reading more. Basically yeah. what Christian said though, like limiting the cell phone usage is essential to all musicians and human beings on planet Earth. Yeah. Do you feel more free to do that now because, like, you're not looking for work? I'm just curious. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like you said, it's the removal of of the anxiety thing. Mm -hmm. And also, I do feel like we need to say, um, because we didn't technically touch on this, but Jess is joining tour, and yet she auditioned because she knows me, but she got the job on her own merit. (laughs) And just (laughs) to wrap up that thing from last episode... Or two episodes ago two. now, possibly. Oh, yeah. yeah. But two episodes ago, I talked yeah. about you having to aud- record yourself and then re-record yourself. Uh, and then yeah. you, there were I other... I had to do two rounds. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. was not just a, uh, oh. uh, as Nathan Cole said, the um, the old old boys club or, or what was it called? Yeah, yeah I'm definitely the in the old boys club. The, girls the, golden, club. the golden girls club? <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> hey, uh, come on down. Yeah. yeah. Call my friend exactly. Jess. Yeah. Yeah. Just wanted to no. wrap that because we didn't mention it before. And, um, yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. So that was an interesting point to mention that mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. all your mm-hmm. little side projects have to be like money making things, although it's it's nice if they do. I mean, sure, it's like, but a lot of side hustles, they don't have to be um, money making things. They could be things that um, keep you creative or things that. Um, keep you healthy, like uh, they could. Whether it's some sort of form of exercise, I think these are other, other sort of ho- side, either hustles or hobbies that I think are worthy pursuits. Also, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing. I well, I think I've mentioned it in another podcast, but I now work out like five days a week. Which I've never done. Bragging. Before. Just You're kidding. You're doing the, uh, bragging. the bar. I'm definitely bragging. Bar, or was it yeah, Pilates there's mostly bar? like bar kind of thing, but um, low impact, high intensity situation. And that has made all the difference. And I don't know why in my freelance life I wasn't able to be consistent in that. Probably because like you mentioned the anxiety. It all comes back to that. But um, yeah, I... Guys, just take time to figure out what it's going to take to be a well-rounded person mentally. Yeah. From me to you, don't be like me. Don't be like I used to be. You're like uh, the uh, click and clack. Like, uh, <laughs> don't drive like my oh, brother. Don't drive like my brother. No, don't. Oh, which drive is like appropriate because you're also you're in Boston right now. 
Mm. Oh, oh yeah, click and clack. Also, people are crazy drivers there. Yeah. Actually, you know what's interesting about tour, you guys, is noticing how different people are in different cities and how mean people are. Like, people think New York. New Yorkers know what they want. They know that they're getting somewhere, but they're actually really nice for the most part. I mean, we got mm-hmm. the crazies. Don't worry. We got right. those. But people in D.C. and people in Boston tend to be grumpier, it seems. It's like a real grumpy vibe here. This is what I'm also experiencing in South Florida is that like there is an intensity in driving. Like People are just like, they got it. They yeah. want to get where they're going. The geezers? No, those the geezers? Well, so it's like it compounds because the old, the snowbirds will just like go super slow and they'll just like stop. Right. And, and then people and then get people mad, mad because they're slow. I think those yeah. people are just yeah. mad. There's like a, just, there's a different level of intensity. Cause it's like, I've, I've, I can deal with traffic. There's just a higher level of intensity. Yeah. Floor's there. crazy. I grew up there. I can vouch. Anyways. It's a weird place. Yeah. Interesting. That's not what I would think of. Oh, uh, rabbit hole. Okay, great. <laughs> Something I read, I believe this came from Seth Godin, which I think is interesting. I'll read it and you can discuss. I discuss amongst yourselves. Um, I'll discuss it too. Is This is from his book, What to Do When It's Your Turn, and It's Always Your Turn. He says, uh, the safest dreams we experience are dreams with no hope of coming true. The dreams of superpowers or omnipotence of immortality. The teenager who dreams of stardom but never puts in the work isn't dreaming, he's hiding. Superman is a safe bet because none of us will ever have to become the Man of Steel or fly off a building. Concrete dreams juxtapose the what if with the maybe. They expose us to hope and to risk at the very same time. And living with the possible takes guts. Um, I think that's very interesting that things with like, oh, the, the dreams that are just within grasp are the hardest. And I think that's yeah. especially true when you're taking auditions because it's oh, like, yeah. they're going to pick somebody in this room. And like it could be me, and I'm like, I have all the same degrees, and you know I can play all the same notes as everybody else. It's like mm-hmm. it's right there. Yep. But mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. becoming an international soloist, whatever, that's like, uh, uh, I'm not. So you can I'm dream of that and ha- not, not have any expectation or hope, whereas uh, having hope it leads to despair. <laughs> Yeah. Despair and devastation. <laughs> because, you know, the majority of the jobs you're not going to win and yeah. you're going to have to deal with that letdown. So it's much easier to preserve your your uh, self-respect and just be like, eh, I'm not going to get it anyway. And then if you do, you're like, oh, what a delight. Right, right. <gasps> oh, gosh, my life. But this exactly touches on the yeah. the thing that I'm thinking a lot about, especially in like performance anxiety or audition anxiety is can I live with myself or can I accept myself if I make a mistake? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In, in German, there's this expression, the expression is, or like the English translation would be, yeah, accept yourself. I don't know if we really say that, but like, you know, can I, can I continue to like myself, keep, stay friends with myself if I make mistakes? Yeah. That's not something you can just like, you know, think about and then be like, oh yeah, I can, or I'm going to work on it. Like, I think this is a real, a real process and something that you have to learn over time. You know, even though I've had this, I would like to say realization, that's only the first step, you know, like really putting it into practice is difficult, but I think that's what it comes down to. Can you, can you not 
play an audition perfectly and still like yourself? Or like, can you really risk? I, and I, th- I think that gives you the, the strength you need. I think, you know, there is this hidden strength in being vulnerable. And we, we read that a lot in books, but I think that's what th- that strength is knowing at the end, I'm still going to like myself. I'm still going to accept myself. And I think that's, that's a confidence you can't fake. You know, that's a, a, a grace. Mm-hmm. It's really the most powerful. And I think that can, you know, soothe any sort of, of frustration or fear or angst. You know, it's the sort of at the end of the day or like at the end of this audition or concert, like I'm still going to like myself and I'm still going to be kind to myself rather than, you know, the, the, the death grip, you know, that's on the perfection of the performance. Mm-hmm. You know, if this doesn't go well, then I'm done with myself. Which also has to translate into real life because recently, you know, being with the same people all the time right now, I'm more aware of my social mm-hmm. mistakes. And so for me, mm-hmm. I almost would rather play a wrong note in front of 5,000 people, which don't worry, happens uh-huh. at times in the show. <laughs> Try not to let it happen. It is hard when it does, especially if it's just me. Uh. But like in socially, I seem to care way more long-term about social social stuff. And it's like, if I make what I feel is like a big a mistake and people are going to, I like uh-huh. just tell myself that everyone's only going to remember that about me, you know, which hopefully isn't true. Uh-huh. <laughs> But, Which um, seems interesting. That's a different from like if you're just playing with an orchestra for the weekend. You're like, ah, I won't see these right. people till next sure. month or whatever. It's like, yeah, I guess see these yeah. people all the time. I live with these people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But living with that as a human and as a musician. There's like a big. That's a big one. I'm looking for this review. There was a very nice review. I don't know if it's this one. Um, of Nadia Salerno Sonnenberg. Um, mm-hmm. She had played, I think, Mendelssohn with Philadelphia, I would like to say. And shoot, it's not this review. I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. And it talks about that, how she in the concert, she made a mistake. And then rather than trying to like overcome it, they said maybe how the audience saw her turn very like introspective and like gracious with herself. And they said it created like a whole new atmosphere of vulnerability and like connection with the audience. And I thought that was so inspiring. I think that's the thing, like, you know, what you do on stage after that moment, how you treat yourself like that also resonates Mm -hmm. in the orchestra, in the pit with the audience. It's we're real people performing in real time. And we need to not forget that. Steep. That's our steep Brahms for the day. Truth Brahms, I think also a nice way to close this yeah, episode. absolutely. Yeah, well, absolutely. as Christian mentioned, there is a show notes page. You can find perservice.co slash 43, I believe. We should have like a party when we get to 50. Like 43 episodes. Like each buy a cupcake and we'll eat yeah. it on screen too. 50 cupcakes. Ah. <laughs> there goes the diet. <laughs> Well, it has been a pleasure spending this time with you guys. An honor and a privilege. Likewise. I am Michael O'Giblin. I'm Jessica Wiersma. I'm Anna Luce. And I'm Christian Marshall. Nailed it.
Yeah. Beautiful. Great. Beautiful. Good times. Great. Great pizza. Good times. <laughs> great pizza. Well, that is our show, folks. As usual, we ended up in a different place than where we expected, but it's all about the journey. And I'd like to encourage you to kind of observe your thoughts for the rest of the day. Do you feel like you're in the waiting place? Do you wish you had more autonomy about your work? Do you feel like you're making plans out of fear and desperation or out of curiosity and creativity? And what are you doing to move yourself closer to your dreams? Or are your dreams so unrealistic that you are actually hiding? I know it's a lot, but that's why we have these difficult conversations. We're almost done. And then you can go listen to Coldplay or John Mayer, whatever you want to listen to. But before we go, I need to say thank you to Ray Fisher, Siri Bloom, Kathleen Lovingood, Sarah Lee, and Ann Bergman for supporting our work on Patreon. You are making a difference in all of our lives. If you would like to support us with a monthly pledge, we need your support for equipment upgrades and the other costs to make this show happen. You can find that link on our show notes page, which is perservice.co slash 43, or by searching for our show on patreon.com. And if you're not in a place where you can give financially, we totally understand something you could do that would make a big difference is just to leave us a rating or a review in iTunes. It just helps other musicians find our show. We've got more great episodes coming up soon, so stay tuned. Leave you with one last quote to think about. It says, you will never be criticized by someone doing more than you. You will be criticized by someone doing less. Hmm, interesting to think about. Well, until we meet again, be well and practice well. These are other, other either hustles or hobbies that I think are worthy pursuits also. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. 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 Yeah.